You're listening to the weekly Calvary Chapel Divine Digital Devotion with Pastor Michael Petit. Hey, how you doing? It's Pastor Michael Petit. I hope that you're having a wonderful uh, Easter weekend. I'm actually, this is Good Friday. And I wanted to just kind of go through one of the things I had shared with the church is, is reading uh, Matthew 27 uh, as, as you're reading today. And I'm just going to kind of go through it, read it talk about it a little bit and that's going to be the devotion for today and i hope that uh that you if you haven't made plans for easter service on sunday uh we'll be at the vfw uh 3966 it's um at 211 west college avenue here in uh, divine texas we're going to be doing service outside on the front lawn uh there's a stage there we got picnic tables there we got chairs there and uh, we're just going to come and worship the Lord and just go over uh, Resurrection Sunday, uh, the verse in Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. And uh, just looking forward to it and wanting to invite you. We'll have tacos and uh, donuts and some other stuff, coffee and that. So, you know, come hungry and, uh, and, and just come ready to hear the word and, and bring somebody with you. So hopefully you come do that on Sunday. Um, for Easter Sunday for service there at the VFW. Uh, let's go ahead and just jump into Matthew chapter 27. I wanted to do that. It was something that was on my heart. Uh, we weren't able to do a Good Friday service this year. And so um, this was one of the things I had asked you to do was to read chapter 27 of the book of Matthew. And so we're just going to kind of go through it. And uh, there's some things that really stuck out to me today. And I just wanted to kind of share those with you. And then we'll uh, let you get back to your your Easter weekend. Hopefully, you're spending it with your family, uh, your friends, and um, and just having a, a, a wonderful Good Friday. If you need to find a Good Friday service, there's a number of them in the area, and so please go if uh, if you're going to do that. So that's for sure. Uh, Matthew chapter 27. It says, "When the morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the uh, people plotted against Jesus to put him to death." And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Now, remember, we had talked about they had brought him to Caiaphas, the Sanhedrin. Uh, we talked about that Wednesday. They, they actually broke their own law in order to try him. They actually had people that testified and lied. Um, and so it was a sham trial. Uh, and, and we all know that just from reading the scripture. But it, 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 remember, they had always wanted to kill him. We learned that in the book of Mark. Verse 3, it says, Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the 30 pieces of silver uh, to the chief priest and the elders, saying, I have sinned, betraying innocent blood. And they said, What is this to us? You, you see to it. And that's, that's really... Um, and it says in verse 5, and it says, And then he threw down the pieces of silver... Uh, in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Now, we talked about the difference between Peter's uh, sin and Judas's sin by betraying Jesus. You see the word there, especially in the New King James. I love that they use that word remorseful. He didn't repent. He was just remorseful. He felt bad that he did it. Where G, when when Jesus is is dealing with Peter, Peter repents, and and you know there's a difference between uh, conviction and condemnation. Condemnation is remorseful. And that's what Judas did, and then conviction is what Peter had, and so uh, that's just an important piece there. And it's funny that the uh, the chief priests do what they they're like. What does this have to do with us? Just kind of shows their hearts. 
then it says then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and he went and hanged himself now this is a very important piece of scripture here because this actually ties into uh, prophecy uh, it says but the chief priest took the silver pieces and said it's not lawful to put them into treasury uh, because they are, are are the price of blood and they consulted together brought with them the potter's field to bear uh, to bury strangers in therefore that field has been called the field of blood to this day and and that's very important because it says it right here in verse 9 then uh, then was fulfilled what was spoken in uh, by Jeremiah the prophet and they took the 30, uh, 30 pieces of silver the value of him who was priced whom they of the children of Israel priced and gave them for the potter's field as the Lord directed me and so that they're they're pulling that directly from um, from a prophecy that was uh, from the prophet Jeremiah and so that even that you know as Judas we knew he was going to be portrayed that was in prophecy but also that the 30 pieces of silver would be thrown down and given to the um, the chief priest but what would they do they would they wouldn't use it uh, for the for the temple but they would use it to buy by property of the field and it, it fulfilled uh, fulfilled scripture as well and we went through a number of those like the, the, I think on Wednesday we tried to cover as many scriptures that were fulfilled uh, during the week the last week of Jesus's earthly ministry In verse 11 it says now Jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said to, them, uh, said to him, It is as you say. And while he was being accused by the chief priests and the elders, he answered nothing. And Jesus didn't speak, right? And then uh, in verse 13, it says, Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he answered him not one word, so that the governor marveled greatly. He didn't need to speak. Uh, Jesus, you know, as he confirms that he is the king of the Jews, he is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, he will return. This is the lamb that's being slain, the perfect lamb, the sinless lamb that's going to be slain. And when he returns, he'll be the conquering king, the lion. And remember, we talked about that. He's going to make war. He's, he's the word of God uh, is in, in his sword. And so he will judge when he returns. And so that's a very important piece of scripture. But he answered not one word so that the governor marveled at it. Now, Pilate uh, was used to, to prisoners trying to do anything they could do to, uh, to, to get out of what they were being charged with. But Jesus here wasn't saying anything. And that goes back to Isaiah 53.7. Again, it's another prophecy uh, that was fulfilled. And so it, this is why these things are so important for us to go through. Uh, and then we see in verse 15, Now at the feast of the governor was accustomed to release the multitude one prisoner whom they wished. And at that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release, Barabbas or Jesus who is called Christ? For he knew that they had handed him over because of envy. Pilate knew he wasn't guilty. And the man that they're trying to release is a murderer. So Pilate's doing everything he can do to get out of this. Um, unfortunately, Pilate is a people pleaser. 
He has to keep the balance of, of peace between the Jews and the Romans, or else it's going to look bad on him. And he's already trying to get back to Rome. And so he doesn't want to mess that balance up. And so he thinks by doing this, the people will uh, scream out Jesus, right? And this is very important, this verse here. I think a lot of times we miss it. But it says, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him saying, having nothing to do with that, just man, just man, for I have suffered many things today in my dreams of him. Just man, I think in, in the ESV it says a righteous man, right? A righteous man. And so God will use different methods to, to speak to, to people, and it, it can be through dreams as well. Um, and sadly, I mean, you would hope that the, the wife would choose to follow Jesus Christ, but she's just like, you can't, you can't have anything to do with this. He's a just man. He's a righteous man. This is wrong. And, and so Pilate is, is put in a very um, rough situation, but the way he's going to handle it is he's going to wash his hands of it. And it says, But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. But you see what they did. The, the chief priests, Caiaphas, and the elders persuaded the multitudes. The same multitudes that were crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, are the same ones that are going to be crying out, crucify him, crucify him. It says, the governor said to them, which of the two do you want me to release? They said, Barabbas, right? The murderer. And, and this, this reminds me so much of what's happening in our world today. We're seeing so many people that are, are guilty of crimes that don't do any jail time. They're being released right back out onto the streets, and then they end up keep committing another crime, or they end up murdering somebody. I think the guy from the subway had been arrested a number of times and was making threats online, and yet nothing's done. He keeps being released back, released back, and he's guilty. It's the same thing with Barabbas. Barabbas was guilty of his crime, but he's going to be released. And the governor answered and said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Barabbas. Barabbas. A man who's guilty, just like you and I are. And Jesus goes to the cross for Barabbas as well, just like he does for us. I think that's one of the pictures that, that I, I remembered. I'm like, I could be so mad that they picked Barabbas, but I was Barabbas. <laughs> you know, we were Barabbas. And Pilate said to them, What shall I do then with uh, Jesus who called uh, Christ? And they said to him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil has he done? But they cried out all more, saying, Let him be crucified. And when Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather a tumult was rising, so there's a, a possible riot and uh, unrest that would happen in the city and that would get back to Rome. He didn't want to do that. So he took water and washed his hands before the multitude saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person, this righteous person. You see to it. Now it's sad because not only did, did Pilate's wife know that he was not guilty, uh, Herod knew he was not guilty, and Pilate knew he was not guilty, but Pilate had to keep the peace and was a people pleaser and did what needed to be done so that way there wouldn't be any unrest. 
And so he lets it happen. And all the people answered and said, His blood be on us and our children. Well, it is. It is. And then he released Barabbas to them. And when he scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. It's sad, you know, but, you know, this is what Jesus goes through for us. It says, Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus uh, into the, let me get that word because that's different, way different than what's in the, uh, in the English Standard Version. It's uh, peritorium is what the word, and I'm sure I may be pronouncing that wrong. I'm going to look it up on ESV. Um, because I'm sure I'm getting it wrong. Governor's headquarters is actually what it's what it's called, uh, the paratorium. And so, if I pronounce that incorrectly, I apologize. But it's the governor's quarters, and and they and they gathered the whole garrison, right? They gathered the whole garrison around him, and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And when they had twisted the crown of thorns, they put it on his head and the reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him saying hail the king of the jews then they spat on him they took uh, the reed and stuck him on the head and when they had mocked him they took the robe off him and put on his own clothes and led him away to be crucified there's something very important in that scripture that um that we need to see because if you go to philippians uh philippians chapter 2 i'm just pulling it up here i'm sorry I should have had it ready. But in Philippians chapter 2, as, as it says there in Matthew, very important, it says they did what? Then they spat on him, took the reed, struck him on the head, right? But they do what? They mock him, right? But it says, and they bowed the knee before him, mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Philippians chapter 2 says this in verse 6. Or well, let's pick it up in verse 5. Adopt the same attitude uh, as that. Let me get the right version here. I don't like the one I had chosen here. Let me pick this up. It says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to grasp. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, has, uh, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. This is the key right here. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. That's important. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. These men are mocking him and bowing to him, but every knee will bow. Every knee will bow. Everyone. And it says in verse 32 in Matthew 27, Now as they came out, they found a man uh, name of Cyrene, uh, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they had come to the place of Golgotha, which is the skull, uh, that is the place of the skull, they gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink, but he had tasted it, he would not drink it or drink. Then they crucified him. 
and they divided his garments, casting lots, that I might be fulfilled, which was uh, spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and 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 my uh, for my clothing they cast lots. And again, that's another prophecy. Sitting down, that they kept watch over them, uh, watch over him there, and they put uh, up on up over his head an accusation written against him. This is Jesus, King of the Jews. It's true. The two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. But remember, you, I, I love that verse. It, it just, I love that because at the end of the day, the one says, you know, Lord, remember me. Um, and he says, you'll be with me in paradise today. And, and the two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and another on the left. And those who passed by blaspheming him, wagging their hands, saying, You who destroy the temple, build it in three days, save yourself. If you're the Son of God, come down from the cross. They're not only blaspheming him, they're mocking him. Remember what Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Right? And it's very similar to what Stephen says, too. Uh, and it says, likewise, the chief priest. And this is very important. I, You know, this is what stuck out to me today. Because we had talked about the chief priest. We talked about the scribes, the Pharisees. Um, and we talked about, um, and, and it, it says the chief priest also mocking with the scribes and elders. He saved others himself. He cannot save. If he is the king of Israel, let him come down. From the cross and we believe in him he trusted god and let him deliver him now if uh he will have him for he said i am the son of god so not only are they being mocked and blasphemed but they're it's it's coming from the chief priests the scribes and the elders and remember the last public preaching that jesus did was on the religious on them he called them a whitewashed tomb remember in matthew i think it's in matthew uh 26 if i remember but he 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 does the the woes um the seven woes and he just kind of lights them up because they they were taking advantage of people and they were just the religion was um was causing causing people to to stumble and to fall and not to follow him and so jesus kind of deals with that it's actually in matthew chapter 23 i apologize in Matthew 23, and, and one of the things that he says is, um, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that outside also may be clean. And then he goes right into the next one, which I love, is, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanliness. So you also appeared righteous to others, but within you, you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. And here they are. What are they doing? They're actually mocking Jesus, the scribes, the Pharisees, the religious, the chief priests. Caiaphas is going to get visited by Jesus when he is resurrected. I would have loved to know how that went, right? He's going to appear to Caiaphas. 
and and so it's it's sad but you and at the end of the day you wonder how many of them actually walked away from because remember nicodemus walks away and he actually starts following jesus publicly uh after the death and resurrection um and and it's it's one of those things you wonder how many of them actually left the religious to a relationship and how many of them when they took their last breath on earth their next breath was in front of Jesus for judgment, right? And and they're and they're playing religion, playing religion. You whitewash tomb, you full of dead bones inside. There's nothing. There's nothing alive in you. It comes down to the heart. That's what Jesus always looks at is the heart. And it says in verse forty four, even the robbers who were crucified with him reviled him with the same thing. We know the one. Um, and I believe it's covered in Luke, where you have that beautiful verse where, um, you know, he tells them, today you'll be with me in paradise, right? I'm going to try to find, yeah, it's right here. It says, two, of the, uh, two who were criminals were led away and put to death with him, and they, when they came to the place they called the skull, they were crucified with him, uh, crucified him. And the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, they, they, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide the garments. And the people stood by watching. Uh, but the ruler scoffed at him. And that's what we just read. right? But one of the criminals, so this is in verse 39 of Luke chapter 23. One of the criminals who hanged uh, railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? You're on the doorstep of death, and you're still, you're still, you don't get it. You don't get it. And indeed, justly, for we, are, we receive the, the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. He's, he's saying Jesus is innocent. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus, this is Jesus' response, which is absolutely beautiful. And he said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Right? Jesus is reacting with forgiveness to the crowd. He's acting with grace and mercy to the crowd. Yet he's been, he's been beaten. He's been mocked. He's been spit on. His 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 body beaten down to the point where you see the white of the bone father forgive them for they know not what they do now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour there was darkness over all the land and about the ninth hour jesus cried out with a loud voice eli eli sabachshani that is my god my god why have you forsaken me some of those who stood there uh, when they heard that, they said this, that this man is calling for Elijah. And immediately one of them ran and took sponge, took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and offered him to drink. And they refused it because it goes back to prophecy. The rest said, let him alone and let us see if Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out, cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And then behold, this is very important, then behold, the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth quaked, quaked, and the rock split. 
and the graves were open. This is the part nobody really gets, and I love this, because I remember when I first read this, this blew me away. And the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, and they went into the holy city and appeared to many. You have the walking dead. You have them raised up, resurrected up, and going out into the city and appearing to many people. Now, that's in the book of Matthew. That's why I love that, that verse. I, I just love it. The other thing that's really important for us to get is the veil that's torn. It's done from top to bottom. Um, when Jesus says it is finished, um, the veil is torn, the earthquake happens, uh, the Holy of Holies is where they would go to, uh, to do the sacrifice, um, to anoint um, the, the, um, the ark. Um, and, and so the, if the priest was not um, pure, the priest would drop dead because he's, he's in the presence of, of, uh, of God's holiness. And, and so they used to have to keep a rope on him, and if, <laughs> if, he, if he dropped dead, they would pull him out. Um, but what I love from this is the veil was torn. The veil, there used to be a veil that separated the Holy of Holies. And that veil was ripped from top to bottom, meaning that God, through His Son Jesus Christ, from top, through His Son Jesus Christ, comes to the bottom for us. And we have access to Jesus now. I love that. It's ripped from top to bottom, not from bottom up. Not us working our way to Christ. That's not how it works. And I love that about that. All right, let's keep going. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that happened, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. And many women who followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, were looking on him from afar, and among whom were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother, and James and Hoseas, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. Now I'm going to stop there. I know we have Joseph's burial and, and all of that. And I'm going to stop right there because I'm going to cover some of that on Sunday. It's pretty cool, huh? It's, I, I love when you, you kind of just read it and, and you there are things that, that come out at you. I think one of the biggest things that really stood out to me um, today was it just blew me away that... Um, I think the the biggest thing that blew me away was the the fact that the the religious were still mocking him and orchestrating everything um, to his death. And Jesus had told him, you know, you kill the prophets, you make tombs to them, you know, you do all this stuff, and and it's it's like you kill the prophets. It's actually in Matthew twenty three when he's talking about the religious. And he tells them in, in there about the prophets. It's one of the woes and all. But he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, because he's talking about the, for you build tombs of the prophets and decorate the monuments of the righteous, saying, If we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have taken part with them in the shedding, uh, the shedding the blood of the prophets. Thus you witness against yourself that you are the sons of those who murdered the prophets. And and it's it's true. That's what they did here. They murdered the prophet. They murdered the Messiah. And it says, fill up the measure of your fathers, you serpents, you brood of vipers. How are you to escape being sentenced to hell? Therefore, I send you prophets and wise men and scribes, some of whom you've killed. 
and crucify, and some you will flog in your synagogues and persecute them from town to town, so that you may come all the righteous blood shed on earth, from the blood of the righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, uh, the son of Barakah, um, whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar. Truly I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. So he's letting them know, hey, look, um, guess what? You've killed all the prophets. You murdered them. And then what's sad is they orchestrate the crowd. They release a murderer, uh, Barabbas, and then they sit there and mock Jesus. They mock him at the very end. And Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And, and the picture that I got today that reminded me of why Good Friday is so important is how many of us were Barabbas. How many of us were guilty of our sin? We knew that there were things that we did that was wrong, right? And yet Jesus went to the cross for us and died for us. That's why it's a victory. It's Good Friday. I hope that you come and join us Sunday at the VFW and uh, in Divine, Texas. Thank you so much for joining the Calvary Chapel Weekly Devotion. I hope that you have a wonderful week and we pray if you'd like to listen to more of the devotions or uh, any of the sermons, you can do all of that at our website at calvarydivine.org. You can also get in contact with me, uh, submit a prayer request, and uh, find out about other events that are happening in our uh, church and in our area uh, that we're participating in. So Calvary Divine dot org. God bless.